Hey guys, well, welcome to The Known Experience. Uh, John and I are excited to launch this new project for the new year and hopefully beyond. It's been something that we've been working on for about the past year, and it's just a continuation of our friendship. So John, I'm excited to kick this off with you, this project. And John, me and John have just really great conversations. So we've been kicking around a podcast for a while, but John, John's a little bit more calculated than I am in the podcast front, right? A little bit more discerning. <laughs> and I yeah, think by, he... work, by, by, by saying we've been working on it for the last year, what Sean really means is he's been waiting for me to be willing to do a podcast for the last yeah. year. You know, but the funny part is it, it was, we landed on, we went probably through about three different ideas of what we wanted to do. <laughs> and uh, he called me um, one day in, I want to say early December and said, Hey, I don't know why we haven't done this. Right. Cause we had, we had mm-hmm. led some of these trips called the known experience just with guys about the journey of what it is to be known and know others and live curious lives and how difficult that is. I have a coffee brand that I, that I labeled known that we'll kind of talk about. And it was, it was one of those where it's right in front of your face the whole time. And you're like, yeah. how did it take us this long to, yeah. uh, it was really kind of a duh moment, but, uh, some other show will go through the like 25 different names for podcasts <laughs> and ideas that we had prior to this one. But, uh, I want to start with, uh, how we met and, you know, for, for some folks may know you, some folks may know me and some folks don't know either of us. So why don't we talk about how we met, who we are and, and why we chose to do the, uh, known experience podcast. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've, we've known each other for, uh, I always mess this up 13 years now, maybe yeah, 13, 15, somewhere around there. Yeah. He, he walked into one of my, um, first coffee shops and ordered a, uh, Coca Mocha, Coco Mocha Loca. I don't know that it, it was a, it was a blended coffee drink. It was uh, what you would make for a 12 year old girl. Is yeah. Basically I mean, it was what a Starbucks drink, but it was all right. But John, um, <laughs> you know, it was funny. He's, you know, I think there are a few people in life, um, you know, I'm an intuition guy. I'm a gut guy. And if you're an extrovert, you can kind of connect with a lot of people, but you also know they're not going to be close friends. I don't know if that makes sense. If at least I can pretty quickly, um, I kind of make the decision. Um, but John was one of those guys. I actually didn't know him that well for probably the first six months, but he kept coming in and, uh, we just, we've been buddies and our relationship has grown ever since. I think really the probably the catalyst in our deepening of it was he invited me to, we both longboarded and we were skating the streets of West Palm beach, uh, with a couple of guys, middle-aged guys skating. I mean, it was great, but it was a great night, right? We were just running around the, the street that we all called home and, um, that really launched our, our friendship. And so we were, we were middle-aged men longboarding the mean streets of Palm beach and, and nothing could be more privileged <laughs> or irrelevant to to culture but uh, but we had a good time and uh no and i I think i i I retired after uh, cracking a rib uh longboarding a parking garage uh i think there were police involved actually if i remember correctly but uh you know i i recognize the same thing sean when i met you and you were running a small coffee shop in a glass sculpture gallery yeah uh, shout out to your brother uh habitat galleries but um uh 
I think, you know, when you're busy, you have a limited uh, amount of time in your life for friendships. You kind of tend to recognize people that you think, okay, I want to make space in my life for that friendship because I selfishly, I need that. Um, And that's what I uh, sensed from you. So I'm grateful we've stuck with it. And um, I will say this, uh, we've both learned this in the last few years. Move from somewhere. It is uh, always surprising Mm. who you maintain a friendship with, who reaches out to you. Um, I've had people that I really wasn't that close with before I moved that continue to reach out to me. And we have way more of a friendship now than we did when we lived in the same city. And then there's people that I talked to all the time when I was there that I never hear from today. So uh, it's interesting what happens when you move. But you moved and you uh, moved to uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and you started another coffee shop called, and you chose to call it Known Coffee. Yeah. A little uh, yeah, endorsement yeah. here. Yes, and uh, why did you choose that name? Your previous shop had been called Subculture, but yep. you wanted to name this one known. What through that? What went through that thought process? Yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, it's um, the 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 coffee world. Um, before that, I was a musician, and nothing felt like home like coffee shops. Um, and I just wanted to create a space. I never wanted to do something I hated. Right. <laughs> I didn't want to grow up and lose all hopes and dreams and dread going to work. And coffee provided this space for my, myself and others um, of all backgrounds, right? It was, it, there's nothing like a space that has artists and teachers and businessmen and um, that come in on a regular basis. Right. And so when I'd opened my first shop, after never serving a coffee or, or worked in one before, I, I don't advise you start a business that you know nothing <laughs> about, but that's what I chose to do. <laughs> um, but I quickly found out that when you, when you um, listen to someone's story and continue it daily, right. You don't just stick on the, Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Um, which shows kind of inauthentic an inauthentic greeting. Right. Um, but I, I decided that I wanted to focus on, knowing them um really who they were um and maybe if i'm honest it was out of out of um uh protection of my ego i think maybe this is the first time john's ever heard this but i i um i didn't want them to judge me or look down on me so i was like i'm not going to ask them what they do because what they do is probably better than what i'm doing and so Hmm. i'm going to feel like less so I'm just going to ask them about who they are and I hope they do the same to me. And, um, and that was profound. Right. And it's accurate. Mm. Um, so known has always been knowing my customers, knowing their story, showing them care has always been why I do coffee. And, um, and so these, the known experience trips, known experience podcasts, known coffee. Um, it's, mm-hmm. Now that I'm in this new stage of life where I'm kind of blazing my own trail, <clears throat> that it it felt very much in line with um, what I want from life and what I want others to feel in life. So, yeah, and you had invited me on some trips. You'd done some men's trips in the past, and you said I want to do something 
new around this idea of known. And, you know, we were kind of figuring out what's that look like? Um, What do we want these to be like? And we didn't want it to be some male, like, you know, like primal paleo, like, you know, uh, misogynistic. Faster. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Don't want to necessarily go out in the woods and paint our faces and like kill animals and rub blood on ourselves. But we did want to do something that's, you know, uh, men enjoy adventure, hiking, fishing, uh, all of that good stuff. But at the same time, really tap into this idea of um, knowing ourselves, discovering ourselves, knowing each other, being vulnerable with each other and um, growing together through that, providing a space for that for men. And I think um, when we were doing that, uh, we're just, we're figuring it out as we go. We still are. Um, but in our second trip, you know, there was another one of those moments like aha moments for me as to why we do this and, and just realizing that that men in general, we don't make great friends. We don't make great friends to each other. We don't make great friends to our partners. Uh, and a lot of it is this unwillingness to know ourselves, to be known and to be curious about the lives of others. And so we really, in the Known podcast, those are three things we want to explore. We want to explore knowing ourselves more, understanding ourselves, owning ourselves, being humble enough to acknowledge who we are and who we aren't, what our strengths and weaknesses are, what our failures are, our successes, and then to be willing to share all of those things with others, um, be vulnerable. And then lastly, um, to be curious about others, to ask questions, to be interested in their lives to be useful to others. Mm. Um, and so uh, that was a real um, kind of aha moment for me. I think part of it for me also was realizing it's it's such a cliche thing, but it's so true is that, you know, if, if you want a good friend, be a good friend. Mm. And I think for too long, I've put demands on other people, whether it be family members or partners or, or friends of who they are not showing up for me as and really turning that around on you know why don't i give what i hope to receive and see how that works out and it turns out it works a lot better i've noticed right right yeah 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 and i think the other piece of um of this that that we want to achieve um is you know with with men we tend to wait until crisis happens right before we're we are known to others or care to be known um or we hit the the state of uh, you know i I almost call it a disassociative um midlife right where we're we're like well this is who i am super compartmental it's like a it's almost a state of hypocrisy right but we know it but it's just life right and it's just how you do life and so for me, that's what part of this knowing piece is like, how can we incorporate this in the in process, not in times of crisis or in times of mm-hmm. compartmentalization where it manifests in unhealthy ways, right? Um, there are loads of people that wait until that point, but, um, you know, in discovering uh, this in the uncomfortable ways, uh, it's just... 
I think it's going to be really beneficial. I mean, it's beneficial for us. You know, we're, we're doing this selfishly, right? We both realized mm-hmm. how important it was in our own lives and realized, Hey, yeah, we should probably be addressing this mm-hmm. <laughs> and working on this. Um, and I'm sure there's other guys just like us. So I think uh, so. I think what you just said is really important though, is that, um, we often do finally open up when it's a time of crisis, you know, whether it's we need help from a friend or the relationship is falling apart, or the marriage is falling apart, we finally get honest. Um, and uh, you can't um, build a friendship in a in a time of crisis, you know, you can, it, it may grow through that. Right. But it's not something you can cram into a short period of time, like history and trust and all of that. Like you can cram for a test, you can stay up all night putting together a slide deck for the presentation, but you can't cram four years of friendship into one weekend or into an, you know one day. And so we want to encourage people through this to start investing in the relationships around you more, building that time, getting those reps, uh, as we would say. I was There was an article I read recently, it was pretty fascinating about friendship. And the source of it was really unusual. It was, um, it was about how they are now trying to engineer friendship into online games in order for people that play those games to build friendships deeper around the game so they play the game more. Right, right, right. And in doing so, they did some research on friendship. And I found it really helpful. Uh, it just for the definition of friendship is a single social bond between two people. It's pretty basic. But they identified four key ingredients to developing a meaningful friendship. One is proximity. You got to be close to each other, either physically or virtually like this. Uh, Two is the similarities between each other help. Uh, Three is reciprocity. And that just means both of you engaging in back and forth, both of you giving and receiving information, ideas, concern, care. And then lastly is disclosure. And that's vulnerability it says at higher levels of friendship there needs to be an opportunity for safe consensual intimate sharing of weaknesses and ideas Ooh, and that just hits guys so badly (laughs) we're like i'm good with all that other stuff (laughs) but that last one mm. yeah that uh and it doesn't work without the last one right it doesn't it doesn't it It takes all four of these right right so they identify actually hours put in to friendships and how cumulative hours, compounding hours, take us deeper into a level of friendship with somebody. So here's what they, this is just the science, uh, do with it what you will. They said for casual friends, usually about uh, 50 hours of time around each other. Um, and you have space for about 100 to 150 casual friends. So you got... 1500 friends on Facebook, you know, let's be honest, 10% of those are probably people that you really even have any kind of connection with at all. Um, Good friends, uh, and I don't know what defines good friends, but they're saying 100 hours of bonding time, we have room for about 35 to 50 of those in our lives. Best friends would be two hours bonding time, 10 to 15, uh, uh, room for 10 to 15 of those in our lives. And then lastly, they say intimate friends, 200 plus hours of bonding time per friend. And we have room for about five of those. And I would say from my experience, if you have one to three of those in your life, you are a rich man. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 I, uh, I definitely believe that. I mean, and, and with guys, so we, 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 even in those hours together, right. Do, are we really talking about, you know, who we are, what we're struggling with, right. Mm-hmm. Even, even with really good friends, I mean, you yeah. and I have to be somewhat, well, it's more natural now, but we'd have our banter and then you kind of get into it, yeah. you know, you got to be intentional conscious, about it. Yeah. It was a conscious decision, uh, to go to that space because when you have, when you're witty or you have endless, uh, Instagram reels that are fun, yeah, whatever you can talk about, you can just waste time. Right. And, um, and that, yeah, that I think kind of brings guys up. can be, you know, we can be smarlax with each other and, and razz each other and trash talk and all of that. Say. Yeah. So it's not just number of hours, it's quality of hours too, right? Right, right. It, um, um, funny you should mention it, Sean. That reminds me of a little Brian Regan bit. Um, the comedian yeah, Brian Regan. Uh, was that a smooth transition? Yeah. yeah uh, I, mean, I was trying Brian, to be so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Brian has this uh, bit about golf. I played golf with a friend the other day, and uh, it was a good friend. It was one of those people I'd like to count in my five. And so we do uh, have built naturally a, a, a friendship where we're more uh, intentional in sharing our lives. But it's easy to not go there, like you said. And uh, let's uh, guys are really good at spending a lot of time together uh, that is of a very little uh, vulnerability. Let's let's hear what Brian has to say about that. Men and women, we think differently about some things, you know? That's good. We're equal but different. And I'll give you an example. My wife and I have a good friend who got divorced about six months ago, and neither of us had seen him since his divorce. I went golfing with him last week, first time I'd seen him since then. I get back from golf and my wife goes, how's Gary? I don't know. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going golfing with Gary today. Well, I did. <laughs> and you don't know how he's doing? I never really came up. <laughs> did you ask me to ask him that? <laughs> no, I thought maybe you would think to ask him that. I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, is he dating anyone? would I know something like that? <laughs> Were you two in the same golf cart? <laughs> yeah. You're kidding me. You were in the same golf cart for four hours and you don't know if he's dating anyone? I know he's got a new driver. that possible that wouldn't come up how is that possible that would come up at 150 markers right there you're probably at about 135 are you dating anyone you know i think that's a great example too because you know maybe we even want to have that conversation but we're not sure how they'll respond you know we're afraid it'll just fall 
flat or worse they'll make fun of us tell me about you you shared that you had a situation at pickleball uh, where you kind of put yourself out there and uh tell us how that went yeah 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 you know it's uh i think just like our segue into the bit maybe guys aren't the best at um i don't know if it's we're not receptive to the moment right or we don't know how to transition so it can be awkward but yeah i play pickleball with a bunch of guys Tuesday nights for about three hours, right? It's not an hour and there's usually beer and having a great time. And at the end, well, I think one of the issues I had was I didn't, I wasn't getting to know the guys, right? I felt like every week I was showing up, but I I didn't know them anymore. And it was irritating me. Like, how do I, I don't even know anything about their wife or anything. So there was something personally that was irritating me and these two guys, we had begun kind of touching on some personal conversation before. So I, I brought it up and a couple other guys that were listening are like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Is this like therapy or youth group? You know, like, can we like, and you know, it was a, which made it more, we kept talking about it, you know, it was fine. But mm-hmm. it, in that moment, you're like, yeah, that was, that's how it is for guys. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, can we not do that? And, and I yeah. think it's, not so much. Well, there are a lot of issues, but you know, like, what's the point? I think a lot of those guys say, what's the point, right? We're hanging out. Life sucks. Some my marriage isn't the best. I'm frustrated with my kids. I'm tired. Well, why do we need to talk about it? Right? Like what, what are you going to fix it? Right? Because that's what we mm-hmm. do. We fix. So our friendships are having a beer talking about surface stuff and that's like enough of a temporary patch, but we don't really want to get into it maybe because we don't really know what's the outcome. You know, yeah. how's this really going to serve me in the long run? But that was a, yeah, that was a funny, funny moment. Um, I think you're right though. I think a lot of it's fear of we're not going to be able to fix it. It's going to make me feel even worse talking about it. Um, right. Fear of judgment, fear of I'm alone in this fear of everybody else has got it figured out and they're doing fine, but I'm not. And I think that keeps us from a lot of things that could be helpful. You know, yeah. we talk about um, our values. Maybe that'd be a good, a good yeah. way, a uh, segue for us there is that, you know, this known experience requires some things. And one thing is it requires courage and courage is not a lack of fear. It's just the willingness in the midst of fear to, to lean into it and to put yourself out there. Um, another one is humility. I think it takes humility to have courage because humility is, uh, this willingness to, to fail, this willingness to not look great, uh, or to just be willing to be esteemed as we are, not as we hope everybody else thinks we are, um, vulnerability, curiosity, consistency, commitment, creativity, and honesty. Those are our values, and uh, that may be too many. We may need to narrow it down later, but those are things for now that we feel like are really uh, important to this known experience. Sean, what of those stand out to you, or or do you want to open up a little bit more? As I said in the beginning of the podcast, I like executing, right? And I think maybe a lot of guys do. Um, You know, we have a goal, we achieve it, Um, but are we showing up well each time? Right. So commitment and consistency uh, are are really important to me. Right. So just being committed to something, being committed to your wife, isn't just good enough. Right. Not just cheating on her. doesn't create a good marriage. Right. 
consistently being a good dad, a loving husband, um, mm-hmm. you know, being a consistent partner is, is just as important, if not more important than being a committed partner. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or going to the gym, you know, we had talked about this before. Um, you can go to the gym every day, but if you just sit on the machine and talk to Bob, <laughs> your body's not going to change much. Right. So consistency, consistently working hard to achieve a goal, um, is, is so critical. So, so those for me, none of the creativity, honesty, vulnerability, all follow the commitment and the consistency in the pursuit of those. Right. Um, yeah. and so the, you know, those are kind of foundational for all the other values for me. Yeah. For me, for me too. I mean, you, I think you're someone who's more naturally consistent and committed than I am, like, uh, whether that be working out or I, I just see it in the way that you consistently, uh, spend quality time with your kids and your family. Um, I am, uh, I'm super ADD. I'm not great with consistency. Uh, and so I have to build, I have to be really intentional about building these things into my life. They have to be on my calendar. There has to be an accountability to them. So for me, my commitments to the known experience this coming year have been kind of on a, um, uh, a, a psychological level, a friendship level, and then a body and mind health level. And mm-hmm. so I've committed to seeing a, a, my therapist twice a month. And uh, that's like a time and a financial investment that that um, I'm committed to and to be consistent with. Um, on a weekly basis, I'm committed to spending quality time once a week with a male friend that's intentional. Uh, and, you know, like we said, there's not a ton of space in our life for those kinds of friendships. So there's just a few people on that list, but I want to be consistent in investing in our friendship. And then, um, and then on the, the body, uh, side of things, the health side of things, you know, I'm trying to exercise, get active in some way. Uh, maybe it's pickleball, tennis, gym, riding my bike, you know, three to three or four times a week, just, uh, just transparency. I have failed miserably on the last one. <laughs> it's and it's sleeting right now. There's about a half an inch of ice on the ground. Ooh, so, uh, so good. Uh, there's always yoga at home, uh, which I need to uh, check into. But um, yeah, so those are my my uh, investments in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it look like for you on a regular basis? Or is that something for you that's kind of more fluid because it's just become a part of your life now? Yeah, no, it is. Um, it, it is fluid. You know, I, I, I'm in a season of life where it's, it's very, um, I've never had more time, um, right now, well, past two and a half years. Um, but that has lent itself to, uh, a much deeper dive into kind of, uh, identity and self-worth which, which are things, you know, I think that's a, that's the knowing yourself. I, I considered my, myself to be very like clear, uh, you know, two years ago, if you said, do you know yourself? I'd be like, yes, yeah, I'm good. Right. Like the work's been done. It's on autopilot, you know, <laughs> uh, not the case, you know? So mm-hmm. I think like that, that, um, committed, uh, like I'm really committed to, as I'm transitioning into 
the, the this new stage of, uh, you know, I'm self-employed, you know, an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of things that have fallen through. I mean, whew, uh, you know, the, the pursuit of, of finding my, my worth again in my creation and, um, you know, that daring entrepreneur doing blazing trail, you know, that everyone admires, yeah. but I'm, I'm kind of coming through that, that, the, like really being committed to being honest with myself mm-hmm. about how insecure I actually am in a lot of different yeah. ways. Yeah. I think there's so many fears that we wrestle with, uh, as, as men. And one of them is that if we're vulnerable or if we go down this path that, that people aren't going to like us, they're not going to like the front that we put up, the deflecting, all that we do is, is an attempt to get people to like us. You know, Brennan Manning talks about, um, imposter syndrome, and I hope we'll probably do a whole episode on imposter syndrome. But one thing he says is that, um, the interesting thing about the imposter, which the imposter is the version of us that we put out there that we think other people want in order to accept us and love us. The imposter is a fictitious character and, and fictitious characters cannot experience intimacy. And so the very thing that we're doing prevents us from getting the very thing that we really want. Sure. And, and the other uh, irrational fear is that if we're, our, if we're honest, if we own our stuff, if we admit our faults and mistakes, or if we talk about them, that people are going to judge us and not accept us. And my, my experience has been just the opposite, that when I'm vulnerable, when I own my stuff, they already knew it. Like, it's not a shock to them. They're like, oh, I'm right. glad that you're self-aware. And then they're also grateful that we're being open, and it tends to lead towards them being open, and it really tends to endear people to us rather than turn them away from us. Has that been your experience? Yeah. 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 Um, at least the right people, right. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Some people just want, um, you to be, uh, a caricature of a leader or, you know, mm-hmm. or they'll be disappointed, but they're, you know, that's, that's their issue, but no, you're, you're right. <laughs> uh, there's, well, there's... it kind of goes back to the uh the old dr seuss quote of uh those who mind uh don't matter and those who matter don't mind right you know right right, uh, right the people that we're losing by being our authentic selves we didn't have them to start with and the people that we do that do care about it are we're just going to grow closer to them yeah ways but uh we are just to wrap things up we are looking at having a a bunch of different folks on this podcast as guests our first is going to be dr rob murray talking about leading with heart and soul and how do we do that what's that look like how do we get there uh but we're also going to have on some athletes some folks in the entertainment industry some names that you know uh some names that you don't know uh but they're people that have uh rich uh, experience and ideas that i think are really going to resonate with you uh we're going to talk to therapists we're going to talk about how our body uh helps inform us about who we are and how we are i uh, hope that you will hang with us and maybe you know commit yourself to uh three or four episodes of this to see uh what you can get out of it that commitment and consistency to see how it might help you grow yeah well thanks so much guys this is this has been a quick peek into who we are and why we're doing it and uh, we look forward to hearing from some of you along the journey so this has been the known experience podcast uh this is sean for john thank you so much and uh we look forward to the next one